electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. starts right now with a huge night for earnings, the busiest of the season. In fact, everything from Alphabet, Amazon, Intel, Gilead, and Snap reporting earnings moments ago. We've got you covered from every angle. We've got full team coverage on all the calls. Josh Lichten on Alphabet, Deirdre Bosa on Amazon, Meg Terrell on Gilead, Julia Borston on Snap, Kate Rogers on Chipotle as those conference calls get going. Plus, our experts in the earnings trench. We've got Fast Money friend Gene Munster pulling double duty on Amazon and Alphabet on the red phones. The chart master Carter Worth is watching all the after hours movers. They'll give us instant reaction analysis on all the big names. And we start off with what the tech earnings wreck we're watching right now with Amazon and Alphabet. This after tech surge today, the Nasdaq was up more than 3%, erasing a majority of yesterday's losses. But these earnings are dragging all those names lower after hours. And we've seen these stocks struggle this month. So, are these earnings putting the final nail in the coffin for the FANG trade, Tim? Well, I just think we're starting to perceive these companies differently. I think that's actually healthy. You know, it's nice to have an acronym. It's nice to think about them in, in, in a thematic way, which meant that they were giving the most growth and they certainly had the most exposure to the, the online exposure, social media, et cetera. But uh, Facebook... I won't talk about it. That's for another day. Um, but I, you know, I, I think Facebook is being perceived differently. Google, I think, starts to fall into that category as well. There's nothing wrong, I think, with Google's business. And they're giving you 22, 23 percent growth. Uh, I think the tax costs are starting to, the, the margins are starting to, uh, to, to weigh on them. But ultimately, this is a company that I think is in the pole position of some of the leading parts of the future of the Internet, including AI. But I just think that FANG as a group, uh, are done. And, and I think they're done because people are starting to discriminate between those companies that are, again, are using your data, uh, that have regulatory risk, they're going to have the higher cost of, of security and services and defending. And, and I think Google fits in that group. So you think that on a day like today where we have a revenue miss for Amazon and for Alphabet, that we can go into tomorrow's trade and theoretically the Nasdaq could move higher with these particular names no. moving lower? No. no what, that I think separated? Uh, no, it's not what, it's not okay. what I meant. I, I think that people are going to, first of all, pick a new acronym and I'll let them... You know, spell that out themselves. But I think if you look at the triple Qs, which effectively are these names, we traded back up to this 171, 172 level, which is the 200-day, and failed. And in fact, with these two big names, which make up probably 20% of it, um, I think that's a big deal. And I think actually you're going to trade absolutely low. Well, so if the question is, can the market rally back back towards those highs without, 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 without MAGA, the Microsoft, the Apple, the Google, and the Amazon. Whatever acronym you want. Any big, all these big <laughs> well, that's the one. I got a man and, for and, your mind. And I'll just tell you, I just, they, they can't. I, I mean, so like when you think about some of the groups, and, you know, obviously we had some massive moves today and things like home builders and autos and stuff that have been performing very well. Let me tell you that didn't act particularly well, and that was the banks. They underperformed the S&P here. I mean, when you think about leadership, it has to be um, the sort of stuff that's associated with a booming economy, um, opportunities overseas for growth. You know, all those sorts of things. And those sectors in our market don't act well. And we know for years that people have been talking about the MAGA as these secular trends, right? With Microsoft, we just saw it. It's this switch to cloud-based um, systems, whether it be public cloud or putting their stuff, um, you know, their licensing stuff on the cloud, or if it's Google, it's ad sales, you know, whatever the heck it is. Now, at this point, I mean, there's so much sentiment involved in those names that I just don't think we can rally back if they don't. I'm not telling you they're not going to. Well, I think it's, it's also just because of the environment you know, right now that you can't buy these names 
into the end of the year. With these earnings reports that we just saw, this is going to be a problem going into end of year. So that so, seasonality that you've been talking about for so long, that's yeah, without, out the window? Well, no, it's not out the window, but I think that if these are gone, to your question, yeah. if these are gone, the seasonality is gone. The market cannot move higher without the fang. Hughes, by the way, are down 2% so, after hours. Uh-huh. So, okay, a question, though, for you. Yeah. So, I thought she asked a question. You. Yeah. You're good. <laughs> no, well, no, it's fine. I, I allow her okay. to ask right. a question yeah. in particular, yeah. Dan. Yeah. So when you're talking about can't, can't get back to their highs. The market. The market, yeah. The, 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 the NASDAQ, or are you talking about the market in general? MAGA, FANG, MAN, whatever from the right? op-ed on the CNBC.com, yeah. they have to be the leadership. That's it. And, 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 I mean, to me, that's the only way it happens. I'm not telling so, you so, that so, so, By extrapolation, the markets cannot hit new highs because we're losing the leadership of technology and we don't have the substitute leadership of financials and other things. I think that's obvious, though. They can't. They, but, they, there's I mean, no way with the weight me, that they carry, there's no matter. shot at, them, at you hitting highs in the market. It's not about hitting the highs. It's about where we go from here, right? Sure. Right? So we're already well off the highs. So if we're seven, no, I think that was the question, though. Can we get back yeah. to the highs and without this? If this trade's over, but I don't think that the, should be the, the trade question. Is down the I don't think. Can you make money from here? Can you make that's money? The I think that's make, the real you question. Make that's money the question. In, All right. So Dan what, brought it up. The autos, you can make money there. Home builders, you can make money there. But Fang, you have I mean, to. The by, by the way, Steve, you're you're picking the two most yeah. difficult trades yeah. right yeah. now. <laughs> if you're going after autos and home builders, yeah, they've they've already taken it. They've already taken it. You have home builders that are down anywhere between thirty and forty percent. So why, why was home under so much pressure? Lumber costs, right? Lumber costs have cratered. So you should see some relief in that. In yeah, well, okay, so right. I, I think the more important point, it gets into we have a lot of great chartists and technical folks that come on the show. The Nasdaq's having its worst month since the financial crisis. All right, let's be clear. There's, there's some things that are technically broken. You're not going to just come back. And if you look at the cues and the composition of them, you look what Amazon is 10%, and you look at Microsoft, which is close to 10%. I, it, again, I think what we're trying to say is, first of all, Microsoft and Apple, um, I think, have a very different relationship with their consumer than Facebook and Google. I think those companies are in a very different different cycle than Facebook and Google. Um, but when I look at the market overall, there's a reason why we're pulling back. First of all, we were way overbought. A lot of these companies, people were indiscriminate about what, the, what the, the multiple was. And we got to this place where I don't think people are just saying, hey, go buy me the FANG ETF. But I do think that people were looking I at leadership groups. Well, yeah. on some level, uh, on some level, there's no question, because if you buy the Qs and if you buy the S&P, this That's was 50% of the return this year, folks. So uh, there's no question that those names are not okay. doing it. So we had a big down day, we had a big update, right. and now we have these earnings. How are you feeling about the markets going into your end? Uh, going into your end? I don't know. I mean, for me, you know, Alphabet's the most disappointing. There, there's some to like, but clearly the revenue miss not to like, you know, tech not to like there. Um, the valuation, I think, is still very reasonable. I really, really wish they would do something with their balance sheet. I think it is the biggest disservice to shareholders. When I was just looking at Apple, when they did, they announced, obviously, huge buybacks. We know they've done, you know, billions, tens of billions of dollars of buybacks. In addition, they tapped the bond markets at a superb time. They issued, you know, eight-year, one-and-a-half-percent paper, maybe. Yeah, the window's so, running out there. <laughs> I think Alphabet has done a terrible job for their shareholders in terms of allocation of the balance sheet. They run the business fantastically well. You know, that, I, I, don't, I don't have any criticism there. But building this cash hoard, one of the biggest in mm -hmm. the on the planet, and doing absolutely nothing with it, when it would be incredibly accretive to buy their stock here, I think is a big mistake. How about Amazon? What happened to Amazon? You said that Jeff Bezos could turn this. I mean, so well, they they did have record profits, right? So I mean, there, there are there are slippage here, but these are record profits. 
So okay. if you have record profits and it's greeted with this, that's more of a tell on the overall market or well, estimates or missed. guidance or revenues. But still, these are record profits within a, within a company that can turn the spigot on whenever they want. But you don't get record profits, though. I mean, you don't get a multiple like that if people aren't expecting record, record no, profits, I, I, right? This is not the environment for high valuation stocks to do well. And I think it's more of a product of that versus take this out of a different time period, and I think the stock has a much different reaction. Well, I, you know, ultimately, I, I just think we're in a place here where people are starting to perceive these companies in a different way. I actually think that's good news because I think investors should not be lumping all companies into the same bucket. And you know why you should? Yeah. You know, Microsoft is a great example. It was a great quarter on a lot of really important uh, right. parts of, like, you know, like where they sell enterprise. And, you know, when you look at what Intel's results are, and I know we're going to talk about that later, that kind of reinforces Microsoft's quarter. That was one of the things that I was thinking about. If Microsoft came in and told us that enterprise tech spending was weak, and we're seeing a lot of stuff in the PC server and the smartphone supply chain. Look at Western Digital. It's down 50% from its highs. It's down 10% in the aftermarket right now. They sell, uh, you know, disk drives, yeah. NAND flash, that sort of thing. You could extrapolate that to a lot of these things. But when you see Microsoft and Intel executing like this, it's not ready. That's why Western Digital is down. Those people, you don't need them in a world where you can do it all in the cloud. I think what you're saying is well, actually these guys are in a different place in, in their business what model. What I'm saying you is you can differentiate it's not, this it's stuff. Not negative. And I just want to make one more point about Google. And I know, you know, Carter's going to talk about this thing. At $1,000, I mean, that stock's going to get bought because at that point, you know, you're expected 20% earnings and sales growth right. for next year, trading at 20 times. How many how many companies that are going to do $100 billion in sales trade at that sort of multiple relative to growth? So to me, I think you have massive Facebook. valuation support Facebook there. does. Yeah, well, we're and, not going to talk but, about but that. But again, there's week. a reason why the multiple's there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you right. know. Anyway. Um, let's let's get to Amazon because we're, right now we're down about nine percent in the after-hour session, just off of the after-hour session lows. Let's bring in Gene Munster, founder of Loop Ventures. He's right in the thick of the earnings trench, listening in on the Alphabet call. Um, Gene, what caused that uh, decline to nine percent after hours? It's pretty simple, Melissa. Is that they guided revenue down by five percent for the December quarter, and this the holiday quarter. Investors are always optimistic for some upside in that quarter, so that really puts some cold water on it. Across the board, if you look at the rest of the metrics, they were essentially in line. So I think that was the big thing that spooked investors. So down five. So did they say, did they give us more color as to what was the driver behind that shortfall for the holiday quarter? Uh, they haven't yet. The, the, so the Google call is going on right now. The Amazon call starts in, uh, in, in, uh, at the bottom of the hour here. And so waiting to hear more from that call. All right. Well, what did you make of the uh, alphabet quarter? So far, it's been a juicy earnings call. The company's talking about the future evolution of search. This is not only search, but discovery using AI to better predict what you're looking for. That could produce new ad units. The big negative on this call was that the paid clicks were down 28% year over year. The street was looking for down 21%. But the point is, is that they're thinking about new ways that they can make uh, powerful ads that can improve that cost per click. And separately, just while I cut away to talk to you, they were starting to talk about China uh, the company seems to be changing its view on how to approach China over the last several months. And so look for uh, uh, analysts to be talking a lot about that tomorrow. All right, Gene, we'll check in with you a little bit later. Um, for more instant analysis to these big tech earnings, let's go straight uh, to Chartmaster Carter Worth, who's taking a look at these charts in relationship to all the volatility we've seen plus the after-hours action. Carter. Sure. I think uh, before we get to it, I mean, the principle here is very important. Price action is wise. These stocks, growth stocks, FANG stocks, have been underperforming the market week after week after week, and now the fundamentals come out. Prices knew before. This is just the answer to what 
might have been a question. Why were they so weak? The answer is because things aren't fundamentally as good as maybe they were priced to be. So here's the uh, after-hours print uh, for Amazon. It's going to move around a lot. But let's look at a chart of this and put this into context. Um, if we were to look at a chart of Amazon, I wanted to just highlight the peak to trough decline. If you drop 19% and then today we rallied ever so slightly back to the kill zone here, back to this line, and now in the night market we are undercutting the low for almost um, a week ago. Do you fix yourself after a hit like that? No, you do not. You either go fallow or you get worse. You don't ricochet, and it gets to the issue of was there wisdom before. Look at another one. We've, they're all on here. Take a look at uh, what's going on in Google. Was this out of nowhere? Uh, should we be surprised? Meaning the price action, the government knows this. Stock prices are part of the leading indicator index. Google was down 18%. It rallied ever so slightly today back up into the line. And now, of course, you saw the night market hit the trend break, it is going to make a new low. Do you fix yourself after taking a hit like that? No, you do not. You either back and fill or you keep going worse. The notion that we could climb back to the highs is um, it's absurd. You know, let's keep going. Intel, is it good? Watch the chart. We'll see if it's good. It's up two bucks. Two bucks is right here. Doesn't change a thing. What this really is, is just a massive head and shoulders top, here's your neckline, and by every indication, Intel ultimately works lower as well. Um, let's do a few more. Got the whole tech sector. Is it random? Off the line to the penny. Is that the collective DCF, the collective peg ratio, the collective enterprise value EBITDA? No, it's almost entirely technicals. It comes down 12%. It stops on the line, and now in the night market, it's going to break. Um, it is what it is, and it's not good. Wow. That's very cut and dry. Carter, thank you. <laughs> Carter will be joining us for more instant earnings reaction. Oh, you can't come later over now? In the show. Excuse me? He can't come over now? I mean, he's staying with the chart. He needs to man the plasma. He's, 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 he's got to watch up tonight. He's got to watch the charts. I mean, the stock's changing every second. Right now, he's not as happy. we speak. It does not sound good for any of the charts that Carter showed tonight. To go back to highs would be absurd, he says. Do you fix yourself here? No, you don't. So, Dan, what do you You know do? what the key is? It's the A, the last bit of MAGA. It's Apple. Mm -hmm. It's next week. It's next Thursday. And in this one, this chart acts amazing. Obviously, maybe we'll ask him about it later. But, you know, I mean, this is Value the one growth. where when you think about this, if in this market, in this environment where these much-loved names that are up a very much are being taken down 6 7%, 8%, Amazon's down 9% right now, um, you know, Apple could fill in this massive air pocket back towards 200 like that, mm. you know, and what happens if that happens when you have the QQQ breaking this up? Yeah, I mean, the, if, the, yeah. if Apple fell, it would it would technically push these indices around in a way that they haven't seen. By the way, I mean, it, it's, you know, Carter rightly, you know, defending his his turf as, as basically a technician and saying, not that he was being challenged, but, but basically <laughs> saying, look, price is truth. And by the way, price told you even before these numbers came yeah. out what you were going to see in these numbers. And that that is certainly a defense of why technicals are a big part of what we do. Well, we are all over the earnings action throughout the hours. All the conference calls are pretty much under way right now. We'll keep on checking in with our experts in the trenches. Plus, stocks surging back after yesterday's big drop, but nearly half of the S&P 500 is still sitting in bear market territory. So when is it safe to put fresh money to work? The traders will give you their bargain buys. For Live from Times Square in New York City, much more Fast Money right after this. What's on the horizon for financial markets? 
At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Welcome back to Fast Money. We've got an earnings alert on Gilead. Let's get to Meg Terrell with all the details. Hey, Meg. Hey, Mel. Well, on the back of Gilead's third quarter beat and raids, getting some reaction from the street, Corey Kazimov over at J.P. Morgan saying that beat was mainly driven by the company's HIV franchise, Victarvi, which is its newest HIV drug, uh, came in at $386 million versus $325 million as the consensus. Uh, but he also did note that there was a small miss on their hepatitis C franchise, though, as we know, that's been shrinking uh, over the quarters and is not quite as important anymore. Uh, Jared Holtz at Jefferies saying, quote, you'd think that the stock would be up a bit, uh, but investors are really waiting for a new CEO to be announced to make this a bigger bet. Uh, and of course, John Milligan, the CEO of the company, did announce last quarter he'll be stepping down at the end of the year, getting a lot of questions about that on the conference call. He was just telling people that there are many very interested candidates. The process is moving very quickly, and he says they hope to have someone announced by the end of the year. Gilead up about half a percent there. Well, All right. Thank you very much, Meg Terrell uh, in the newsroom. So anybody in Gilead, biotech trade here? I sold Gilead at around 75 bucks. Um, Gilead was one, is one of these names that we keep waiting for. This may be the, the reason for the change at the top. This is a company that has had HCV, HIV franchises. We've been waiting for it. You know, we thought CAR-T, we thought that deal was going to do it. Um, the market just does not believe these guys are well positioned for their next phase. Uh, they've got a great balance sheet. They certainly pay a decent dividend. But this stock, until we know what that next purchase is going to be, and M&A scares people in biotech, I think the stock remains random. Biotech back. has been acting sort of, I don't want to say atrocious, Amgen's up 8% for the year, but Celgene's down 30%. So if we're talking about drugs, the volatility that's already in eight in that space, the IBB is down 4% for the year. I think you're better off going to the other side and going to a Pfizer that's up 20%, a different side so of it, biotech, biotech. Yeah, exactly. I mean, do you want to be in a biotech trade when, when tech and high valuation names are seem to be so out of favor? The XBI had its worst single day in... What, 12 years? Most of those the biotech names, though, 12 years. most of the, the top of those biotech names, those, those, those are not they're, expensive valuations at all. I think they're very cheap. I mean, Celgene, Amgen, uh, Gilead, I mean, but I, I agree the rest of it. But I don't think valuations are a problem in the big caps. I don't know if the rhetoric from the president today is weighing on, on it as well, talking about drug pricing. I mean, if they get something done... I've got to think that puts pressure on the state. I, I would just, yeah, I would just add, though, it's, it's kind of a trader's market right now. You know, so the XBI was at 100 at the start of September, and now it's at 80, and that's a level that's bounced off a lot. I mean, a lot of these uh, sector ETFs have traded in these sorts of ranges. So if we're at the low end of the range, I don't like the idiosyncratic sort of risk of any of these names at this point. Um, but once you get through earnings, maybe you have less of that. But the XBI, if you're going to take a shot, then you would do it at 80, right? I mean, that's kind of the way I think about it. Um, Carter, what do you see on the Gilead chart and biotech space well, in general? <laughs> I mean, Gilead, I think uh, Tim's got it dead to right. It's been waiting and waiting, and it, it's not particularly bearish or bullish. It just might be an equilibrium moment. Uh, it's worth 70 bucks. Um, here's the action after hours. I mean, it's a big yawn. You're talking about $0.08. Cents. But let's look at the chart and try to figure it out. Um, first, the IBB. Again, it's remarkable. All the same thing. Down 18%. You saw the exact same percentage declines in Google, Amazon. But what is different here, right, is that we've come down to something of a level of support. And Dan just referred to it. He was talking about the XBI. But the principle is the same. So if I were to put the line in, 
You can see it there. I think you've got uh, a decent shot of at least holding here and not really getting that work. Um, in terms of Gilead, well, I mean, it's the same thing in reverse, really. You know, downtrends have a way of stopping at junctures that are identifiable. The stock is indicated unch. But the real story, of course, is the great run-up and then the great nothing. Obviously an epic thing, right? Effectively $5 to $120. And now, Tim's, we're just doing nothing. And that's exactly it. Sometimes you have a stock that's priced exactly right. $70 stock, I would say do nothing with it or retain your bias. If it's your greatest long, stay long. If it's your best short ever, stay short. So getting, there's nothing in the chart that suggests <laughs> it's exciting. Getting back to that, to the, uh, to the ETF, Carter, it looks like you're saying it's, that's also going to do nothing? Well, the ETF has, uh, because of the precise lows from which it, it has bounce potential, I think I'd rather, for instance, be in IBB versus those big tech names. All right. Thanks for that, Carter. Anybody interested in putting an IBB trade on? If you're going to do it, I think to Dan's point, you, I think you want to do it with an ETF versus do it with a single stock. But when you look at it, you get your Amgen, you get your Gilead, you get your Celgene, you get your Biogen. And you don't have to worry about one of these one-offs that something's down 30%. Gilead has Hep C, HIV, those two franchises, and they're trying to replace the CEO. A lot of headwinds for one stock. Check out where we stand with all the after-hours movers here. Amazon and Alphabet still uh, down in the after-hours session. Intel managing to stay in the green. It is higher by 3.2%. We'll tell you what the C-suite is telling Wall Street about the quarters. Plus, we're heading to bear country. No, it's not Dan Nathan's house. Despite today's snapback in stocks, nearly half of S&P 500 is in a bear market. Is this your best chance to buy? There's a lot more fast money on this very busy earnings night right after this. Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big? Ooh. Summarize with AI in a click. Click, 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 click. Writer's block? Release with Canva Magic Write. Magical. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work. What does it mean to be rich? Maybe it's less about reaching a magic number and more about discovering the magic in life. At Edward Jones, our dedicated financial advisors are the people you can count on for financial strategies that help support a life you love. Because the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Learn more about our comprehensive approach to planning at edwardjones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Oh, no. <laughs> really? Welcome back to Fast Money. Oh. Everything apparently is awesome on Wall Street today. Stocks making quite the comeback. The Dow surging 400 points. This after yesterday's 600-point sell-off. But oh. Oh. wait a second. Oh. Everything isn't awesome. Get this. Nearly half of the S&P 500 is in bear market territory. Bob Bassani is at the NYSE with more. Hey, Bob. Hello, Melissa. It's a nice bounce today. No sell programs at any time during the day. Haven't seen that in a while, but a lot of technical damage has already been done with nearly half of the S&P 20% or more off of their highs. Here's what stands out. There's no real sector concentration here. The damage is fairly widespread with big names melting down right across the board. Semis like Micron down more than 40%. Industrials like United Rentals, Home Builders, Tech, even Retail 
all down big. Now, industrials have taken a hit on a smattering of global growth concerns. So names like General Electric and Caterpillar, Cummins, United Rentals, Stanley Black & Decker, Illinois Tool Works, all down 30 to 40 percent. This is from their recent 52-week highs. The semiconductor slowdown has been a notable driver to the downside. Applied Materials, Micron, AMD, LAM Research, all down more than 40 percent. Other tech-related names like Facebook, Twitter, and Electronic Arts have also been hit with large drops of 30% or more, as have a handful of retail stocks like Tiffany, L Brands, and Cody as well. Higher interest rates and falling home sales have hurt housing-related stocks as well. So you have Masco, you have Whirlpool, you have Pulte, DR Horton, all down 30% or more. Two groups are down, but not so damaged. One is energy stocks. You have Devon, Cabot Oil, Pioneer Natural Resources, Baker Hughes. They're down, but only 20 to 30 percent. And financial stocks, PNC, Prudential, MetLife, Fifth Third, Morgan Stanley. They're also 20 to 30 percent off of their recent highs. You notice anything missing from this categories or these categories? It's healthcare. Not on the list. And little wonder the whole sector is only 7% from its 52-week high with big gains this year in pharma, and that's what saved this sector. Back to you, Melissa. Yeah, it was the top-performing sector in the third quarter. Bob, thanks. Bob Pisani at the uh, NYSC. So deja vu, but can you trust the bounce? And do you actually go in and do you buy? How do you know when a name is bombed out and it's a bombed-out value or it's bombed out for a reason? Well, so he, he, a couple of those names up there, we talk all the time about Facebook, so I think you know why I think it's gone down. But then someone like L Brands, L Brands didn't just start going down. L, L Brands has been a disaster. It's been down 70% since the fourth quarter of 2015 because their core brand, Victoria's Secret, has been struggling and, in fact, has been contracting. These guys just announced numbers where you actually saw VS begin to turn a corner. The, the comps were expected to be down 4.5%. They came up plus one. Uh, Bath and Body Works has actually been growing. So this is one of these broken, this, this kind of reminds me of like a Mattel. Um, so that's very different than some of these other names. The industrial names, I think we talk about this all the time, too. Um, it's just hard to believe. We started this with the, that awful music. What was that song? Dan, uh, sure you play awesome. that at home, right? Everything's, everything's awesome. awesome. Right. Oh, great, I mean, Tim. Now you, now Mark you was up 160 <laughs> basis points today, and this, this show has been all about the downs. I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy, and I think, you know, some of these names are overdone. Your value, gal. So. Yes. So I bought, value. I bought a little bit of CBS today, and then it kind of got away from me. I bought some Bank of America, which Dan would be delighted about. I think it, you know, <laughs> 10 times... I still get it. I mean, listen, you know, I, I had a, a nice conversation with Doug Cassie, wrote a really thoughtful note about the banks and it's fundamental. And it's, you know, he's getting long on I mean, he's been, and, and it really sounded great if you didn't look at the price action. You know, you know what I mean? I, I was just saying, so, you know, at some point, it depends what your time horizon is. It depends what your risk tolerance, where you're going to put your stops in, that sort of thing. Um, I, I just don't know. I just want to, you know, I know you asked the questions. But I have a question. Yes, Show sir. a hand. Since 2002, I may not answer. How many times? I, I'm, I'm not sure I'm answering. Has the S&P been down on the year since 2002 to close the year? How many times? Since 2002, real quick. Oh. Four. I don't know. One, one, 2008. Wait, hang on a second. 2008. Hang on a second. 2008. 2008. So here we are. The S&P is up one percent. What's that? That was a big. It one. It was a big one, but <laughs> but it was a V reversal in 09. I think you know. I, I mean, the point is, is like we're all conditioned to have annual returns in in our markets here. When you look around the globe and you look what's going on in every other equity index around the world, Europe's down 10 percent. Asia's down 10 to 20 percent. The Shanghai's down 30 some percent from its 52 week highs. There's a good chance we could close. Well, down on the years, and everything that you buy right now, today, could be down on January 1st, 2019. So what, what let me ask the desk a question. Um, what, what, what goes, what goes with Dan's, Dan's stats tonight? Um, 
So basically, the market was higher all those years but one because it was an era of free money. What's over? The era right. of free money. So um, I kind of agree with that. If you think about this, the central banks put are totally gone. So and I think you're, you're in that we will be lower at the end of, of the year. First of all, I, I don't want to be branded or painted with any brush because that's not how I roll. I, oh, I will just branded. tell you. We're not branded. We're not painting. Well, I'm asking you a question. I, I, I am saying that I think markets have significant headwinds in central banks and central banks alone. And markets should be valued very differently when liquidity is not there. There, there, are, there, are, there are a couple of there are a couple of tailwinds specifically short term. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't want to. You have buybacks coming back on. You have a rebalance at so the end of the month. you think we're going to be higher? I would think that we could probably move higher from here, but I do want to see that test of that twenty-five thirty-two. February low. I need to see that test before we bounce. I, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but every time I buy a stock, every single time, I know it could be down come the end of the year. That could happen. I'm not really looking to trade around the market. I, I can't but do question, it. question, you're a fundamental and you're a value person. And the, long term. The fundamentals yeah. don't feel great in bank stocks. They don't feel great in a lot of economically sensitive stocks. When you're saying, I don't, I don't agree. I think, yeah. you know, if you look at the earnings power, you look at the valuation, which yeah. is what I care about. Yeah. Right? And the yeah, financial health. Change, mocking, right? No, I'm, I'm just saying the change. But tonight, we just had two companies, massive companies, with $800 billion market caps, guide next quarter down, right? So the earnings are going down, right? So they're being revalued right now. I don't think you can look at Bank of America and Amazon in the same. That, those are two very, very different stories. When you trade at an Amazon-type multiple, right? right? You, that's a but, different but story. Banks, I, I, but, well, Alphabet, I actually think, is more of a valuation story. I know you're, you've been right. You've been right. But I, I think at this point... Hang on a second. I, he's been right now, but he was wrong for every other year besides that one, oh, one year. Come on. Oh, come I on. Mean, listen, listen, here's the deal. And I'll go back to this. I've been saying this for weeks now. The market will not rally without MAGA. If you lose Apple next week, this thing is toast. If Amazon goes to 1500 the real, the real Of course, of course what, because what, think of the weightings. If we're talking about the yeah. market, we're talking well, that, about... That's it. Hey, that's you know, what I'm saying. A significant part of the Apple's market. Apple's up 30% of the year. Microsoft's up 27% of the year. Amazon's up 50% of the year. This show isn't about should you buy... Yeah, but nothing else is working, players. Karen. Nothing else is working. Okay. Not any of the but sectors. So what do you think is going to change between now and December 31st? I don't know. The Maybe nothing, and that's okay. That's okay. I don't, I, I mean, we're, you're talking about the market as monolith that all moves together. I don't agree it's with been doing that. doing that for the last couple weeks. Dan, if we okay, see a technical so test, if we see a technical you know test, why it's been doing that? if we see a technical test at that 2532 level and it holds, yeah. All of those names, those big powerhouse names, will bounce the hardest off that low. I'm not saying it's going to hold. I want to see that test. But that's how you define whether we're moving up or down. Tomorrow, you would think it's got to be a big down day. I want to see a flush. I want to see February lows. Tomorrow, you want, and I want, you want to see, a down, up, down I, I would like pattern. To see, I would here. like to see a flush tomorrow. Look, I, I'd like to remind people why markets are doing what they're doing and why they're moving in synchronicity. You, you ultimately have interest rate concerns across the entire spectrum that are affecting everybody. You have tariff concerns that we're hearing from every subcomponent of the economy are starting to set in. You have valuations that arguably, depending on how you value a company, one of the ways I do it is price to sales, especially for tech companies, and they're very, very expensive. So there's a reason why stuff, also when we were extremely overbought, we were arguably as irrationally overbought at that last high three weeks ago as we were on January 26th. So when those concerns that are bringing the markets down pretty much across the board, are they going to change, do you think, likely between now and the end of the year? I do not think Trade they're going to change not. likely. Okay, so then the markets are where they are. I, I don't think they're going to change.
Still ahead, it is a huge night for earnings. Alphabet, Amazon, Snap, Chipotle all out after uh, the bell with earnings. Snap sinking to an all-time low. It is now down around 10%. We've got full team coverage monitoring all the calls. Josh Lifton listening in on Alphabet. DeBosa on Amazon. That call's just kicking off. Julia Borston is all over Snap. Kate Rogers is watching Chipotle. And do not forget about our earnings trench. Carter Braxworth and Gene Munster standing by for instant reaction. Much more Fast Money on this very busy night. Welcome back to Fast Money. We've got an earnings alert on Snap hitting an all-time low in the after-hour session. Let's get to Julia Borson with the date details. Julia. That's right, Melissa. Now, Snap shares for a spike, but then they turn lower on those declining daily users. And the warning that the user declines will continue, that, of course, outweighing better-than-expected earnings and revenue growth. On the earnings call, which is going on right now, Evan Spiegel, CEO of Snap, has been stressing the global potential for the platform. Take a listen. We have a significant opportunity to grow and broaden our global community over the long term. But we have incredible reach among our core demographic of 13 to 34-year-olds in the U.S. and Europe. There are billions of people worldwide who do not yet use Snapchat. Continuing to improve our user experience and creating awareness about our value proposition are key drivers in growing our community. We're starting to hear from analysts weighing in. RBC's Mark Mahaney telling us, quote, Snap looks better than expected, saying it's a clean beat and raise, at least in terms of earnings, but notes that the daily active user numbers are a tad disappointing. BTIG's Rich Greenfield saying, quote, the core problem remains the product, which is leading to less and less daily usage of Snapchat, which, which not only with a decline in Q3, but a decline forecast by Snap in Q4, we would continue to short the stock aggressively at these levels with a $5 price target. Now, Evan Spiegel just saying on the call, right now that one of the upsides of the slight redesign that was so controversial they do have many more users engaging with their premium content in its discover section but they also said they're working to monetize users communication better but melissa um, some analysts really uh, pressuring snap to explain where the problem is is it about marketing the service or is it the product itself that just isn't designed to be used by more more consumers back right. over to you julia thank you julia borson back at headquarters with the lowdown on snap again an all-time low in the after hour session i want to ask a potentially stupid question but this is one that i'm wondering there's no stupid questions on this desk mel thank you Tim. Just stupid I mean, never it's asked a one. safe zone. No. I will ask the question now. Um, what is the difference between what we saw in terms of the decline in monthly active users in Twitter and Snap? Ooh. Twitter had a beaten raise also. Snap had a beaten raise. Stupid and question. the market reaction <laughs> is extremely different. Well, I, I think with Twitter, they're taking a lot of actions to kind of get certain uh, activity off of their so they platform. Get, they get the benefit of the doubt. They get the benefit the decline of the doubt. In, in and, and, and they actually saw a revenue increase. And so this is a clo- generally a closed platform. They need more engagement. They need people using these uh, stories, discover all that sort of thing. I mean, I mean, listen, at this point, they just made a couple hires this week, one from Amazon, the head of product. I mean, I would expect some changes, at least how they try to monetize these users, but I think whatever Rich Greenfield has said, there's something wrong with the product. Yeah. I mean, because... After the redesign, the stock has not recovered. It's been escalating <laughs> yeah. I know you stopped using it then, Steve. Well, i got to tell you, the 13 to 34-year-old, that's the, that's the ones. It's not for me. It's not for you. It's not for anyone on this desk, but it's still big with 13 yeah, to 34-year-olds. I'm, I'm actually still long the stock. And I'm suffering uh, You're from it. You're still long the stock. I'm still long the why, stock. Why do you still hold on to it after Because this? I do believe eventually they are going to figure it out. I do believe it's a global story. I do believe that the, the, uh, the administration underneath the leader, it feels a lot like Zuckerberg. This feels a lot like when he couldn't get it right in the beginning. This feels a lot like a lot of these tech companies that couldn't like, get it right. But he wasn't facing a Zuckerberg competitor that was actually far <clears throat> outpacing. That's duplicating everything they're doing and doing it better. All, right. but, but I... But, 
Well, to answer your stupid question, which wasn't a stupid <laughs> question, I think, I mean, Twitter, if you look at the environment we're in, the business model, I mean, Twitter makes money. Yeah. Snap doesn't. That's a big problem when you. So you, Snap when doesn't you, not only not only do they not make money, but they have a significant cash burn. Yes. And one of the reasons yes. why the stock's going to the floor is because they have to raise more money. So this is a problem. So profitability is a big problem. And and getting the product right. They um, Evan Spielberg put out this 15-page internal memo that got published and this and that. And and it, it didn't really tell you anything. This is a couple weeks ago. Uh, they they're basically saying we have to improve the product. Back to Rich Greenfield. You just called him or, Evan Spielberg. Then. Oh, did I? Yeah. Spiegel. <laughs> I don't. You know. It, so, It'd actually be great, better if he was a Spielberg <laughs> process. Um, bottom line here is I think this is a company that is judged on DAU growth uh, mm -hmm. and ARPU, and neither are going in the right direction. I, I would just add one point. This okay. company should not actually be public right now. When you think about the voting rights that Evan Spiegel has, you think about the valuations in the private market, There's the access There's nothing that a capital. shareholder can do right yeah, now I, no, it, it if should, they're unhappy about the stock. It should not be a public company right now. And they'd probably be executing much better because I think there's been a lot of distractions with it. For more on Snap, let's get back to Gene, who is, uh, of course, in the trenches fighting the good fight. Gene, um, what, do you, what do you make of Snap? Um, Melissa, it's just simply a disaster here. And it's a disaster <laughs> because at the end of the day, the key metric is daily active users. And as they gave some expectation to expect those daily active users to potentially decline, that is the last thing that investors who own a social network want to hear. The simple reason, even though analysts are trying to dig into what's causing that, is the product has a big competitor out there. And globally, they have this base of $2.5 That obviously Facebook can mine that to turn them into Instagram users. And so, unfortunately, I'm always a big advocate for, for technology innovation. Snap had its golden day when they came out with filters. But this market is very different today than it was a few years ago. Carter, look at that chart. Tell us what you see. I mean, you know, uh, well, let's look at the, at the, at the chart here. Uh, take a look at the chart. So it IPO'd. It was a, it was a Thursday. It was the uh, 2nd of March, 2017. If your first day in life is your best day, that's not good. So uh, I don't know about Snap and I don't have Twitter. I still read newspapers uh, manually, the, the printed kind. But I know this. This is a bad chart, right? We just heard the word disaster uh, to my right. And you can't even draw in the lines. Basically... Maybe it shouldn't be a public company. Maybe it won't be. Uh, <laughs> this is a disaster. Yeah, a comedy act, even. Gene, are you in the Rich Greenfield um, short this stock aggressively camp? Uh, I think there's a lot of bad news priced in. I, I don't really, I'll just say this, is I don't see a reason to be long or short this. The risk of being short is if they show any sort of line, sign of life with the DAUs, uh, the stock could be up 20%, and that's always a difficult thing to predict. Uh, the men in the trenches say this thing's a disaster, Steve. You're still holding on to this. Yeah, it what, could what be a disaster. Of, what kind of time frame are you thinking when you say my time frame is longer term? Well, you know, there were rumors, and they turned out to be false, that Google was taking a look at them. I think that whether or not Facebook can slam them and crush them like a bug, there's other people that might need this in their portfolio or this in their arsenal. So this is, to me, a $6.20 at this point, lottery ticket for me, and it's an option. It's Do an expensive option. you see Spiegel option. slash Spielberg as a seller? Uh, I, I, I would think that he would probably be a seller. I would just say that Jack Dorsey is the CEO of two companies. Maybe he could be co-CEO of Twitter <laughs> slash Snap with Evan Spiegel, and the guys could kind of make it go at it that way. Coming up, Amazon and Alphabet both sinking after their earnings reports. The calls are underway right now. Carter Worth and Gene Munster still in the trenches, standing by on the calls to break down all the action. Uh, much more Fast Money right after this. 
Welcome back to Fast Money. Amid all the market volatility, small caps have sunk into correction, and one trader made a huge bet that the group is in for more pain. So what do you see today, Dan? Yeah, so it was in the IWM, the ETF, the tracks of Russell 2000. It looked like a really big bearish roll where a trader owned a bunch of November and Jan 19 puts and sold out of them to close and bought to open 39,000 of the January 140 puts, paying 331. Um, those break even down at 136.69, down about 8% from here. Um, you know, listen, when you have puts on and you get big moves like this, that's what you call monetizing. And sometimes you take a portion of those proceeds and you roll them out um, and you keep that exposure on to the downside. We have a two-year chart real quickly here. Um, you know, look, at it broke that uptrend just like Carter's been talking about. Pretty nasty, but if you're trying to find a little support, it might be that 140 strike. And that's how sometimes option traders choose strikes by looking at the technicals. So to me, maybe protection below 140 would make sense if you're long a basket of so what stocks. expiration would you be looking at? Um, this trader looked at January. I mean, to me, you know, it really depends. Short-dated options are going to be really bit, bit up in, uh, in implied volatility, the price of options. Um, so you want to move them out a little bit, probably. Yeah, I'll do a little mini-game with it. Oh, oh mini-game. Oh, mini mini unusual for me yeah. to do. Uh, Trade it or fade it, IWM right here, right now. Fade it. Fade it. Uh, again, I, I think this chart is broken right now, too. I think somewhere, though, around 140, the IWM has decent supports, down 16% in the last 37 sessions. It tells you what people think about growth right now. That's the barometer. All right. For more options action, check out the full show tomorrow, 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. Coming up, the two big after-hours movers, Alphabet and Amazon, both those stocks sinking following their earnings reports. Gene Munzer has been listening into the calls. We'll get his biggest takeaways next, plus a check on what Jim Cramer is up to tonight on Mad. He's looking at a handful of beaten-down stocks that could be buys right now. There you have the Cramer cam. That's at the top of the hour. We're live at the NASDAQ in Times Square. Much more fast. Still ahead. Welcome back to Fast Money. We've got an earnings alert on Amazon down around 8% in the after-hour session. Let's get to Deidre Bosa in Vancouver with more. Deidre. Hey, Melissa, as you guys have been noting, it was that holiday quarter outlook that's weighing on the stock and really taking attention away from Amazon's record profit. Now, the street was expecting revenue of $73.8 billion next quarter. Amazon projected a range of $66.5 to $72.5 billion. Now, if it comes in on the lower end, that is a big gap. CFO Brian Osalski kind of dodging the question of why a number of times and saying that they are expecting strong holiday season and it's a difficult period to estimate over 100 million Prime eligible items available for free two-day shipping for Prime members. Um, and, you know, again, all, a lot of, when we're talking about the unit deceleration, a lot of the uh, fastest growing areas, uh, things like subscription services, AWS, and advertising are not caught in that metric. Now, those faster-growing businesses performed as expected, and it did help boost the bottom line. He mentioned prescriptions and advertising. That also includes AWS cloud computing and subscription services. Investors were happy with the performances there. Guys. All right. Deidre, thank you. Deidre Bosa. Interesting that he would dodge the question, why the shortfall? Mm. We need to dodges the question repeatedly. That's a red flag. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's interesting. It's also interesting to me that people are not even talking about cloud right now in AWS, which, which at times has been the whole reason people have been willing to, to deal with Amazon's multiple because they're not making a whole lot of money in their retail business. But um, anyway, I think that is puzzling. Let's check in with Josh Lifton uh, for Alphabet. Josh? 
So, Melissa, a big beat here on the bottom for Alphabet, but the top line was a different story. That was a miss. You know, I had the chance to catch up briefly with CFO Ruth Porat. I asked her about that. She said FX went from being a tailwind to a headwind in the quarter. It was a theme she also drilled down on in the conference call with analysts, said, listen, there was strength in mobile search and YouTube, but that quarter did reflect a negative currency impact year over year of $385 million or $305 million. Worth pointing out, though, that Google Properties, though, and that's really the company's bread and board butter there, $24 billion. That was also a miss. Um, analysts will say that's surprising because that's a number the company has been hitting. A few different themes on the call. One that analysts had uh, was for CEO Sundar Pichai. They want to know how is he thinking exactly about China and the future opportunities there. Take a listen. On China, you know, we obviously, uh, you know, uh, you know, we deeply care about uh, serving Chinese users. We've been investing for many years and uh, especially from developing Android. Uh, but more recently, we've launched mobile apps such as Google Translate and FilesGo and, and you know, improved our developer uh, tools there. So, you know, we are, we are constantly looking for ways by which we can better serve uh, Chinese users, and that's where, uh, that's where uh, we, are, uh, we are today. Now, of course, we're all thinking about this because Sundar Pichai has publicly acknowledged that the company's at least uh, considering building this search engine tailored uh, for Chinese consumers. Analysts tried to pull out some more data as much as they could out of the cloud. Has there been a change in win rates, uh, one analyst asked. They were, Sundar Pichai was not one to bite on that. As for Waymo, certainly a big potential opportunity, but not a business that investors have much insight into. Uh, analysts asked, listen, when will pricing be established for Waymo? When will there be a go-to-market strategy outlined? Ruth Porat simply saying it is early days, and we are taking a deliberative approach to broadening that out. Melissa, back to you. All right, Josh. Thanks, Josh Lipton in San Francisco. Let's get back to Gene Munster, who's in the trenches. Starting off with Alphabet, Gene, um, in the, the stock in the after-hour session off the lows. Um, so what do you make of the, of the call so far? Yeah, I think it was reassuring, again, that Google is, in fact, the oxygen of the Internet. I was most encouraged by the fact that they're going to be finding new ways to monetize maps. They said they made some adjustments, but look for more kind of eased into that opportunity. And last, this idea about using AI to be more predictive. So that's going to be for better user experience, but also is going to be heightened uh, scrutiny, I think, with lawmakers about how Google is using data. Overall, the company remains on track. All right. And for Amazon, there are a lot of questions about the holiday quarter and why the shortfall didn't seem to be any answers on the call. As I was listening to the call, I was thinking about what if I was a competitor to Amazon and hearing all the things they were doing. And I would leave this call as a competitor really scared of how Amazon is <coughs> going to continue to play, not only with their prime members that are dedicated to buying on Amazon, but logistics, robotics, what they're doing with brick and mortar. They've now announced six ghost stores, which don't require a cashier. They uh, are now in 60 cities for same day. I am going to be wrong that uh, Amazon acquires Target in 2018, but I think eventually that will happen. Um, let's grade the quarters, Gene. Amazon? I'm going to give Amazon a B minus because of that soft uh, quarter and uh, a B for Google. A B for Alphabet. Okay. Um, final trades here. Gene, by the way, thank you for being in the trenches. Carter Braxton Worth, our thanks to you as well for giving us the take on the charts. You don't like any of them, by the way. Up next, final <laughs> trades. Final trade, Tim. Rocking and rolling for a great charity. A leg to stand on at the Hard Rock Cafe. Follow that, uh, that charity. Steve. Lenar, a lot of bad news priced in. Down 36% year to date. Lenar. Chairwoman? Yes, just to piss off Dan, but I think to make money, Bank of America. Dan. 
Have at it. Um, Snap, <laughs> I don't think all the bad news is priced in yet, but it's getting close. So somewhere in the five minutes. See you back here tomorrow night at five more fast. <laughs> Jim Kramer, Mad Money starts right now. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.